The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by Mad Mushroom, home of the original cheese sticks. Proudly serving Purdue's campus, Mad Mushroom offers Boilermakers amazing pizza, cheese sticks, wings, grinders, and so much more. Next time you visit, tell them Boiler Breakdown sent you for $5 off any order over $20. Mad Mushroom, feed your head. The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is brought to you by Webb's Family Pharmacy. Webb's Family Pharmacy is an independently owned community pharmacy with stores located in Rochester, Akron, and North Manchester, Indiana. Webb's is happy to announce that they are providing flu shots by appointment right in your car. Simply call to set up an appointment and their friendly and caring staff will be happy to help you. For all of your high quality medical equipment, supplies, and pharmacy services, check out www.webrx.com or give them a call. Webb's Family Pharmacy, the professional pharmacy with the hometown touch. The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by Shroff Landscaping. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and they are licensed lawn applicators. Contact Mitch Melton today for all of your landscaping needs at 317-694-9763. Shroof Landscaping, design with you in mind. The Boiler Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by Shroof Landscaping. Shroof Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and they are licensed lawn applicators. Contact Mitch Melton today for all of your landscaping needs at 317-694-9763. Shroof Landscaping, design with you in mind. This is Carson Edwards from the Boston Celtics, and you're listening to the Boiler Breakdown Podcast, hosted by Tanner Lee, Evan Webb, and Andrew Eiler. Look, has time to throw. There's an out deep. Way downfield. Grab on And they're showing blitz again. They back out of the blitz. Toss it downfield. Caught by Stubblefield. Goodbye. Tanner Stubblefield beat Dwight Ellick and waltzes into the end zone. It covers 97 yards. More in motion. They get it to him. More in space. A burst of speed. A first down for Purdue. He's still going. More. Cuts back. Touchdown. And it's intercepted. Bailey. The other way. What's up, Boiler Nation? Welcome back to another edition of the Boiler Breakdown Podcast. It's Monday night, November 2nd. The Boilers are coming off a big win over the Illinois Fighting Illini. The cannon comes home back where it belongs. The Boilers are 2-0 for the first time since 2007. 2-0 in the Big Ten for the first time since 2010. A lot of accomplishments happening that haven't happened in a long time. (laughs) But I'm here with Andrew Eiler and Evan Webb like I am every week. Fellas, what's up? Good to be 2-0. Yep. (laughs) Darn right it is. Hoping for more football. Darn right. Yes. Fingers crossed that we will be – our boys will be making the trip to Madison this weekend. A foe that has been a thorn in the side of the Boilermakers since 2003 – um, and really hasn't even been that close except the triple overtime loss two years ago at ross But uh, we'll find out tomorrow if that game's going to happen or not. Wisconsin's team's been hit by COVID pretty heavily. I think the last time I knew there's at least 12 players. So even if they are able to field a team, we don't know what it's going to look like. Right. We do know they'll be down to their fourth-string quarterback. Which Purdue – does not have a great track record with backup quarterbacks <laughs> ever, ever no, this yeah. year, last year, Rose Bowl year. Um, well, I think we were starting out all right. I think the problem is when it's a surprise because at least we knew who was going to be the quarterback for Illinois, but then it was when they took him out after the first drive that yes. brought, they were like, well, Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Once <laughs> Robinson got hurt, did he get I, hurt? Because yeah. I, I, the, the radio never said it. It's like, Oh, I just thought he pulled him because he sucked. <laughs> First series, they took him out, and then they showed him the second quarter getting getting taken to the locker room. I don't know what he did. Oh, I did see that. I guess he was a pocket passer. He was not a scrambler. The guy they brought in after, way better than he was. I thought. I I thought that guy was equal part of Brandon Peters. Yeah, 
maybe not. I, I think Isaiah Williams is the most um, talented guy they got, the yeah. back quarterback. But uh, Peters and Williams were out due to COVID and contract tracing, um, as were a lot of Illinois players. Their kicker, who a lot of people laugh at their kicker. The kicker's actually really good. He's maybe yeah. the best in the Big Ten. Is it, is, uh, was, was he an All-American? Or was that – no, that was the um, – I'm thinking of Iowa, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, Duncan Keith uh, at Iowa. He's a good kicker. So, but hey, I will take a win no matter how we got it. But like you said, Evan, I think the defense kind of, and we'll get into it. They kind of struggled once once we got 21 points, kind of let off the gas. Yeah. But um, I mean, what what were your feelings going into the game Saturday? Really good, <laughs> given the <laughs> fact that, <laughs> given the fact that half their team was gone. Uh, yeah, I mean, I really, I mean, I felt good. I mean, they struggled last week. Uh, I mean, granted, granted, it was against Wisconsin, and just they got absolutely blitzed by uh, Mertz, who is also out with COVID. But yeah, I thought, what was the line like twelve going into the game? Did we get that high? Did get that high? Four and a half, and I think got clipped to nine. Yeah, okay. I, was I, thought, I, thought I thought it was going to be. I thought I was thinking at least going going to the game. I was thinking at least a two touchdown win, probably easily. Especially after the first kind of, especially after the offense really stepped up the first drive, I thought we we're going to have a pretty good day. But with how easily that Purdue scored on that first yeah, drive, yeah, 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 really, they really the first two drives, their we're drive and our drive, opening was, drive, no. And honestly, it, again, as we saw as it went on, a lot of parallels to the Nevada game of last year, whereas you know Purdue just marched down the field and scored no problem and got out to a nice lead, and then thankfully it didn't end the way the Nevada game ended. I was having flashbacks. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think we were, we were talking, texting during the game of Nebraska-esque. Was it Brahms first year? Yep. Is that what you were saying, Dan? And then the, after we kept going, I was like, man, this is a lot like Nevada. <laughs> and yep. I don't like it. Yep. It's, uh, this would have been a historically bad loss. Yes. Um, just given the circumstances. Credit Levy, Le- Levy, Levy and the <laughs> coaching staff for getting their guys up and yeah. ready to play because that's a lot of adversity in in all college programs are going to face maybe not mm-hmm. that many players, but they're going to face impacts by COVID, whether mm-hmm. it's staff related or player related week to week. And it's how you can adjust and prepare. And, 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 and it comes down to coaching really at the end of the day. So, but uh, it's glad that Cannon is back home where it belongs because uh, that and you knew Brom was going to have everybody fired up and ready to go. I mean, in his presser last Monday, he brought up how Illinois manhandled us like three or four different times. So he knew he was going to be in the guy's ears all week long. Yeah. So just glad it wasn't raining. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It was about as nice weather you could ask for yeah. for uh, October 31st. That's for sure. But uh, how how do you guys think AOC Aiden O'Connell played? He was nearly perfect. Didn't he hit his first like 14 <laughs> passes? Yeah, he had one incompletion at halftime. Yeah. So, I think even so after the game, I think after the game, it's like what Illinois has only forced like. Seven and they started out, yeah, they started out like 35 of 36 or something yeah. like that. Quarter opposing teams against them, yeah. He was 29 for 35 for 376 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's a big key, and he only had one ball. Good. It was his only incompletion of the first half. He threw it in a triple coverage one time when he should have, yeah, thrown it away. I don't know what he yeah. was thinking there, but uh, besides that play. I thought he was awesome. I thought yeah. he played very well. I, I love the way he throws a deep ball. And I, I know these wide receivers as a group are so talented. They can make any quarterback look good most of the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's impressing me, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I wish he could scramble a bit more just when yeah. the pocket kind of collapses, which is yeah. obviously where Plummer gets the nod. But, I mean, you mean you're going to have that? I mean, so. Is yeah, I would say – I don't know if I mentioned this after Iowa. I was kind of thinking – Yes, O'Connell looks I, – I think he probably – I don't know, probably the, appears to be the best thrower, best passer. Mm-hmm. Does that speak to the confidence that Brom and the rest of the coaching staff have in the line to be improving, that they can actually give him time, yeah. that they're not afraid of him having to be running for his life because the line's going to cave after a yeah. second? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think it helps, too, to have depth at the line for the first yeah. time in years, even though – Couple we're injuries, see, even we're starting to see linemen fall. Uh, Sam Garvin got hurt. Um, Cam Craig didn't Craig. play, and Cam Craig was already out. So Gus Hartwig had to come in. You Again, know, second game of his first year. Like, 
third, third strap third on, and I thought he played game, really yeah. well. Yeah. Me, that's a tough – center is such a tough position. I don't think a lot of people understand what all goes into it. I mean, you're, you're – um, You're giving out assignments. Out, yeah. yeah, you're calling out coverages and looks and different things, making switches and, and, and adjustments and slides and all types of things. It's a ton going into it. And yeah. so for a true freshman to come in in his second career game from third snap on, that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So, but no, I thought uh, I thought AOC looked good. I thought Horvath. I mean, th- this is three games in a row with a uh, hundred yards or more. First back to do that since another guy who wore number forty, <laughs> Mike Allstott. Uh, is it really? Yeah. yeah, we haven't had a hundred yard rusher in three straight games. Nope. Since Allstott. Nope. Wow. A lot of times we have backs. We had multiple like running backs. Yeah. Um, in the, on Horvath, at twenty-two rushes for a hundred yards, right on the dots. One touchdown. His longest run was 35 yards. And Jeff Brom thought he ran a lot better this week of just north to south and not doing the spin moves. He said he thought he had too many spins in the first (laughs) game. And and I loved being a different Bronco fan. I love that uh, Jeff Brom brought up uh, when he was with the Broncos, line coach Alex Gibbs taught the one-cut rule. So he said they kind of use that at Purdue. You get one cut and go. That's how the Mm -hmm. running backs are supposed to run. Yeah, and sometimes out of Horvath we see a little more than just one cut, but uh, probably because he's able to do that in high school where he just I mean just yeah. bigger than everybody just could roll off everybody yeah. if not just blow right through him. But, but he's a he's got he's, a habit to get kick. He's a beast, man. He's fun to watch. He's athletic. Mm. He's faster than you you think he is. Yeah, did did have two fumbles, even though like you mentioned, Evan, it should have really just been one fumble. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, he's uh, he's. When when King Doru, which is hopefully this week, if there is a game, hopefully mm-hmm. he's ready to go. Is he number two back now? I don't know how he can't be. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you mm-hmm. keep I, keep feeding him until it doesn't 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 work, King's gonna get some carries, but I think yeah. Horvath is gonna get the lion's share. I mean, unless he keeps fumbling, but yeah, yeah, which is a, a great great problem to have. I mean, two solid running backs like that with a mm-hmm. uh, good amount of experience. But um, it, it, I think I thought it really showed a lot when he had those two fumbles and the coaches didn't put Hewitt in or anybody mm-hmm. else to carry the ball. They stuck with them, even though they panned over to him on the sidelines. He had a ball cradled mm-hmm. in his arm the whole entire time. He was on the sidelines. Yeah. I think that was a little Chris Bark, you, coach Barkley telling him to do that. But Do you think it's also maybe an indictment on <clears throat> Hewitt? Do you maybe just don't think he's, he's where he needs to be? Cause he got, he, he got hurt last year, right? Cause he didn't yeah. play and, much at all. And I think Brown even mentioned today that he got hurt in practice or even okay. over the summer or fall so that he's not like fully up to Yeah, speed. he's not where he should be. And Tyreek Murphy Jr., we don't know his status really. So, no. No. Uh, receiving wise, David Bell, what, what, what more can we say about the guy? I mean, nine catches, 122 yards, a touchdown, the game ceiling catch one handed. He catches everything around him, he's smooth. Yep. I know I, I compared him to um, Jerry Rice a little bit. I also want to throw another comparison. How about a Marvin Harrison comparison? Yeah. Just silent, kind of just smooth and does all the right things. And, man, he's a good football player. How did this guy <laughs> not win Mr. Football? Nothing against Jack Kaiser. He was fantastic at Pioneer. But this dude balled out for Warren Central against the best competition every Friday night. And now he's yeah. doing it every week, weekend, week out against Big Ten foes. I mean, there's five straight 100-plus yards receiving First Purdue wide receiver ever to do that in history to school, and you're talking about a school that has how many great tradition. How many touchdowns? And I realize he had so he made three against Iowa, one this week. I'm assuming against IU when Purdue scored 40 points, he had a couple touchdowns. I'm assuming. Yeah, I don't think it's five straight games, but it might be four. Yeah, I don't know if he scored one against Wisconsin last year. Some stats or not. Great comment here by Christopher. He catches everything but COVID. Knock on wood. Knock on wood there. Thank God. Knock on wood there. Calls it up with a thank God comment. So that is a good one. That is good. Very true. (laughs) Just a good football player. I mean, I know we're still missing number four out there, Rondell Moore, which Jeff Brahman's press conference today was kind of a new new week, same story. Uh, He said something along the lines of, um, you know, when – I don't. I don't want to misquote it. It was something he didn't say. Like if Rondell returns, it was more like uh, when we'll be happy when. to have him when he's back. Or yeah, something. so that yeah. kind of was positive. But uh, 
I even watched the press conference when it was on YouTube later on Golden Black YouTube just to see how he said it with his facial expressions. So, go back to work, Tanner. Jeez, it was my lunch break. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking. Going back to our conversation, David Bell has it. He had the last five. Five. I found that last too. Five. Yeah, because oh, wow. he had he, he had one in Indiana and one against Wisconsin okay. last year. Gosh, look at this. Look at the catches. 14, 12, 9. He also actually season. that's six because he probably had one in Northwestern game too. Go back another one to Nebraska. To no, Nebraska. he didn't. It's only five. He had one against against. Uh, it went Northwestern. Did he not play? Did we have a buy in between Northwestern and Wisconsin? I'm looking at. Did. Yeah, we did. Okay, so it says Nebraska. He did not have a touchdown. Nope. Oh, no, he, he had a. Never mind. He had a rushing. Touchdown. Running. Remember the the uh, um like what did what, you what, count what, that? What did he play? Kind of. Yeah. Or just the reverse. It was just the reverse to him. I think. Yeah. The because okay, Wisconsin that was was a Milton right through to him, yeah. Was that against Wisconsin, yeah. So he had th- he had three receiving touchdowns to end last year, plus two now this year. So that's five receiving, but he did have a touchdown rushing against Nebraska, but no receiving. So if you count that one, he's had a touchdown in six straight games. I think he's going to continue it. Yeah, going forward. So, I mean, when O'Connell throws it to him fifteen times. A game. <laughs> Yeah, Milton Wright, another solid game. Yeah. Six catches, yeah. 100 receiving yards, and a touchdown. He got everything that was around him. Took another big pop. The A needs to stop yeah. missing him high because he got yeah. two shots to the ribs uh, two yeah. weeks in a row. But uh, it's a big body. He's becoming yeah, a threat he's... for Purdue. He's getting better and better right before mm-hmm. our eyes. Uh, Payne Durham, four catches for 52 yards. You can tell Aiden really likes throwing to him. He reminds me of a young Hopkins out there. Yeah. Horvath, six catches for 55 yards. I like seeing him getting some yak. That was nice to see him get some yak. Jared Sparks, two catches for 32 yards. He did have a big drop on a third down with nobody around him. Yeah. Um, TJ Sheffield got a catch late in the game, one catch for 10 yards, and Amon Anderson, one catch for five yards. So nice to see Sheffield get in the mix there a little bit Mm -hmm. this week. Malik Carr and Marshawn Rice are both injured. Jeff didn't really specify what the injury was or how long. I kind of remember Malik Carr getting hit hard when he dropped. He dropped one last week when he got hit hard, and I think he kind of limped off. I'm guessing yeah. he was just banged up. On the defense side of the ball, uh, Demarcus Mitchell, we raved about him last week. Uh, he had seven ta- seven tackles um, total, four four assisted, three solo, and one sack this past week. He, was, he just flies around the field, makes plays, yeah. fun to watch. Derek Barnes also had six tackles, and so did uh, Brendan Thieneman. Uh, Javon Alexander in his home state had four tackles, came out and had four tackles and an interception, which he had an interception at Northwestern last year. So he just like must like playing <laughs> in the state of Illinois. Simeon Smiley, four tackles. Uh, Corey Trice, three tackles. Uh, who got our other inner? Derek Barnes. Yeah. Derek Barnes. Derek got the Barnes. Other yep. Yep. That's right. Right to him. So you had the big uh, Detroit boy connection with Marvin oh. Grant. Marvin Grant hitting Jalen yeah. Graham scoop and score, which it's funny because I was yelling at Jalen Graham earlier in the game for the <laughs> to take him out. So he had three different penalties. Two of them yeah. were on returns of interceptions, interceptions yeah. which was just ticking me off. But I'm glad they, yeah. they know what they're doing. I don't. I just coach from my couch. Yeah. Um, but, of course, the big headline on defense was the uh, status of George Karloftis was rolled up on in the second quarter. So it looks like an ankle, not sure. Brom said we should know more tomorrow about all the injuries. So okay. fingers crossed he looked okay after the game walking around. He was back on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. I, I really hope they actually say something tomorrow because there hasn't – has there been any disclosure on injuries this year? He puts a blanket over them all. Yeah. I mean, we he keeps everything – ever since the staff's got here, which he things close to the vest, which I understand. But I from a fan standpoint, it's very frustrating. Very hockey-esque. Oh, yeah. Just like – because I know, like, I think Rondale was ruled out with a lower body injury. It's like, okay, that's, that's exactly yeah, what they yeah. do in hockey. It's just, it's never a disclose of what a hockey injury is, but whether it's just upper or lower body. And I find it interesting. Adam Rittenberg, the senior writer for ESPN, always breaks those like tweets about Rondale. And I'm not saying he's wrong or anything, but how's he getting more inside scoop than right. Mike Harmon, Brian Newbert, uh, Tom Deanhart, those guys? I, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he is. Maybe he's got a really good source. I don't know, but uh, yeah. still would love to know. He's, he's he was also the one, he was the one who said he'd be good to go for Illinois, and we know how that works. That's very true. Good point, Evan. 
One guy who did not have the greatest game was punter Brooks uh, Brooks Cormier. He had three mm-hmm. punts for 98 yards. Jeff did say today that the punting job is wide open, but then he kind of backtracked and said every position is wide open at all times. If somebody's not yeah. playing good, we have other guys ready to go in. So we could see uh, Collins make a run at the punting job this week possibly. So we shall see. Um, any other thoughts on the Illinois game before we get into the hopefully upcoming game? We're getting thoughts on the defense late in the game. I thought they got very conservative. Yeah. Um, soft, played a lot of prevents, and uh, just didn't have the killer mentality. And um, Illinois was finding holes mm-hmm. and then taking advantage of it. Uh, I, I just, I've never liked that. Really frustrated with the, like the there were two times it was like third and. 16 third, I think one of my upwards of third and 21, something like that. And we gave them up pretty easily. Yeah, third and 19, I believe. Yeah, third and 19. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Was Not it a fan think, of that? So I was in the car and listening pretty much the entire time. I didn't get to watch any of it. I remember I felt like it was the first the first half. Illinois was moving the ball fairly well, but they were turning it over yeah. in the red zone. So yeah. I felt like Purdue was pretty fortunate even in the first half. I know they opened it up in the second half, but that was partly because Illinois again turned it over on, it, I guess, on their own goal line. It, so it, I don't know if that's – do you give that, that credit to the Purdue defense for forcing those turnovers? Is it Illinois with a four-string quarterback? Yeah. I mean, we could say the same thing about Iowa. They were moving the yeah. ball. Purdue, got court- Purdue seems so far this year to get good, timely turnovers. And it's a bend-don't-break defense, which that was Bob Yacob's defense at Louisiana Tech. I think it's something we're just going to have to get used to, unfortunately. It, seems, it, it worries me just because if you don't have those turnovers, sure. then Purdue yeah. defense gives up a whole lot more points yeah. the last He's two games. Only been so far against Wisconsin where they're, when they're rushing for a billion yards on you. Like, there's only so much you can do. Assuming they have all their linemen and the running backs. <laughs> That's true. Because with those guys are so, we have no idea what their team's going to yeah. look like. If Minnesota, who's got another big line. Like, and really? Minnesota's got the most trash defense in the league right now. <laughs> For for Wisconsin scoring forty five points against Illinois, they only averaged three and a half yards a carry. They threw it a bunch. Yeah, well, they threw it twenty one times. It's not like Purdue throwing it fifty times. Well, that's I mean for Wisconsin twenty. Well, okay, no, that's yeah. that's pretty average. Never mind. They ran it fifty four times, one hundred eighty two right. yards. So it's not like they ran all over it, Illinois either. It, I mean, yeah, also, they were dominating in the air, but only had two hundred forty eight yards passing the defense needs george karloftis out there he's their difference maker he gets without him they couldn't get pressure there was no pass rush that's what concerns no. me the most is mm-hmm. the lack of pass rush with the defensive line this year so far has been so i think the linebackers play pretty good and i think the defensive backs are playing pretty good it's the yeah. defensive line's got me a little concerned so far do you think mm-hmm. if if karloftis is out more than the wisconsin game or something do you think barnes gets considered moved back to the Wouldn't end me yeah. I feel like you kind of have to. I mean, he, he already do. I mean, like we show how they move Mitchell, Mitchell around so much. Line they up move more. him around already so much. Yeah. But yeah. if you put him and Barnes on the other on the other side yeah. or something, but Sullivan know. took all of uh, Georgia's snaps mm-hmm. when he was out Saturday, which he was fine. But uh, we just didn't we didn't get enough pass rush, which maybe they were accounting for the quarterback run. And the guy mm-hmm. was pretty mo- mobile. So yeah, he was. I don't know, but uh, we did have a Twitter question I wanted to get to before we uh, move on. Um, this is for boilerintexas.com. We appreciate him putting in a question. That's back to back weeks. He's he's gave us a question, and for any listeners or viewers, if you ever want us to um, talk about anything in, in in particular, just just tweet at us or send us a message on Facebook, and we'll try to get to it. He says thoughts on the difference in play calling between Jeff and Brian. The calls at the end of the Illinois game concerning question mark. I was a little concerned. I was getting frustrated with the with the calls towards the end where it was very apparent that we needed to just burn clock. I think we ran three straight passing plays. <laughs> and one of them was batted down and almost picked off. It's like I, I like the aggressive mindset, but there's times like yeah. Jeff, run the ball. Yeah. We know you like throwing it, but yeah. run the ball. I, I get that, but then there's also a difference when Okay, Illinois also knows you're going to run the ball too. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's the thing. It's I mean, we've been Horvath has been great the last two games, but it's you know I mean I guess he did last week. I think also last week because we just ran it so much, we just wore them down. But this week, you, Illinois knew you were going to run the ball, and we we should have run the ball because maybe maybe he didn't wasn't confident enough that we were going to be able to get the yards. And that again is maybe an indictment on I don't know if it's an indictment on, but maybe just lack of confidence. But yeah, I mean, you got something there. 
I just think it's we're, I don't know the Purdue the line the Purdue is talent wise isn't like Wisconsin or Ohio no. State that like no. we are going to run the ball and we are going to get six yards of carry like okay yeah. maybe, but if if Illinois knows is going to run the ball I mean maybe Brown feels like okay the best chance is we get one first down like they're at the end of the game they needed one first down he's like I'm going to take my chances throwing it three times and we're going to get ten yards versus running it once or twice yeah. and okay now it's third and seven. And yeah. now I've got now I've got to hit on this one ten yard pass yeah. instead of I've got three chances I guess to get ten yards at throwing it. At. I agree. I I felt like they at least should have made them use their timeout because I think Illinois had yeah. one timeout left. And we threw it once at least when once. they threw it on second down. I was like, gosh, <laughs> yeah. make him at least use that timeout. Yeah. And then, but I don't know. And then it worked out. Yeah, I thought yeah, Jeff, it worked out. Yeah. From from a from a guy sitting on the couch. I thought he was a little rusty with some of some of his calls and, and just the flow of the game on Saturday. But uh, when they needed him out, they yeah. looked for the one-on-one coverage to David Bell on third down. And he made a miraculous yeah. play. I, I wish they would have took a couple more deep ball chances. I mm-hmm. thought we could have really exposed them in that area. But um, at the end, they got it done, 31-24. A little, little too close for comfort for my liking, but hey. Two and zero for the first time since 07, 2 and zero in conference first time since two thousand ten. So uh, could be in a lot worse position. Could be in a position like Minnesota, zero and two. So, but um, moving on. Uh, before we move on to our hopeful game this weekend, uh, the Boiler Breakdown is brought to you by Mad Mushroom. Mad Mushroom serving Boilermakers since nineteen ninety three, and they're located in the heart of West Lafayette, and they're known as the home of the original cheese sticks. Whenever I visit, I like to sit down and have an ice-cold beer by trying out their latest pizza of the month. So next time you're in town, stop in and tell them the Boiler Breakdown sent you for $5 off any order over $20. Also, any Boiler Breakdown listener can use the coupon code BREAK5, that's BREAK in all caps, B-R-E-A-K-5, to claim your discount online at madmushroom.com. Mad Mushroom, feed your head. And assuming we have a game this weekend, you better order yourself either some pizza, some cheese sticks, some grinders, some wings. How about all the above? Sounds good to me right now. All right, guys. I'm hungry now. I'm really hungry. Um, So uh, trip to Madison hopefully awaits our Boilermakers this weekend. Like I mentioned in the intro, this is a team that Purdue hasn't beaten since 2003. It's just been a thorn in their side. Besides the game two years ago in 2018, Purdue hasn't even been really that close. But I feel like if they're able to play, this is the year Purdue can end the streak. <laughs> yep. No fans. Well, third string, four string no, quarterback. Yeah. No potentially. fans. That, yeah. It's four string, I guess, right? Four string yeah. quarterback. This is the time to do it. Which I think, according to Brom, they would get ready for the fourth and fifth string. They'll get ready for them both. <laughs> they don't want to be throwing a curveball. Uh, you know, they, they got Tate, what tape do you have Taylor. on the first string quarterback? <laughs> is he a walk on? Is he even scholarship? <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. Does Purdue uh, have five please. scholarship quarterbacks? I think they probably do. That was yeah. my thought. Was Plummer, when we, when three, Alimo, we... four. Is there a four. fifth? Well, Pafari was, was uh, yeah. tied in now. Four, yeah. I guess. So four, still pretty deep. Yeah, but but, but, but I gotta say, we 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 can't feel too bad for them because we were down to our third, mm-hmm. our four string quarterback last yeah. year oh, yeah. due to injuries. So, and it, and I was thinking that just that I was like our four string quarterback turned out okay last year because really so, Aiden yeah. was four string uh-huh. again because Nick Sipe and then yeah. Sipe had to retire due to back end issues. They're on the team for a reason. So yep, yep. So. Uh, and like I said, if we can play, it's three thirty ABC. It's a Nash. It's the national game for the Big Ten this weekend. If we can get a win, if we can get a win over Wisconsin, three zero, we might be ranked for the first time since two thousand seven. Are they ten? Are they ranked tenth? They are tenth. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, there's some big things on the line there. I just hope we get good news tomorrow that we're able to play, or at least as of tomorrow. Yeah. I know things can change when we get closer to time, and and who's to say, we might have some cases too. We don't know as of right yeah. now. I know. Brom seems was very concerned. I mean, yeah, Illinois didn't. Know, Illinois yeah. didn't have any until almost a week after the the really, Wisconsin game. And according to our good friend Josh Mott, who says he's not an Illinois fan, for but he talks a lot about it. He said they only had two cases. It was contract tracing, mm-hmm. but unfortunately, yeah. all those contract tracing guys are also going to be out this week mm-hmm. against Minnesota. But the guys who have COVID are definitely out. So yeah, twenty-one days. Yeah. 
So we will see. But, uh, no, I'm liking Purdue's chances. Um, they do have Wisconsin as the favorites right now. I was surprised there's even a line out this early because they don't know if there's going to be a game, don't even know who's going to be shooting up for Wisconsin if there is a game. So I think the ESPN, like the predictor on the app, had it very – had it very much in Wisconsin's favor. Oh, it's like ninety-four percent yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I, I mean, I mean, Jeff Brom said he's hoping to have everybody back, but then he kind mm-hmm. of backtracked when he was asked specifically about Rondell Moore. But that gives me um, optimism that we'll have Kingdo Rue back, uh, Coyle George. back in the in the defense backfield, George, a um, couple other guys who might be banged up. So, well, didn't Marvin Grant get hurt? He leaves the last game. I thought some. I thought I read that online that someone. So said that, but I don't remember, unless he hurt his shoulder late or something. I don't know. I, I, he didn't play a ton Saturday, but when he did, he was really effective in there. Mm-hmm. The way he was hitting people. So, so we shall see. But let's go ahead and pick some Big Ten games. Uh, let's see here. Who do we got? Um, no Friday night games this week. Got number 23, Michigan, coming off a horrendous loss at home to Michigan State, who got trounced Real by bad. Rutgers. Good old Jimmy boy is now 1-6 against Michigan State and Ohio State at home. Gosh, I hope this is a get-right game for them. <laughs> they are three-point favorites on the road. I've, I've got three and a half, which surprises me. Um, yeah, either way, uh, I'm about to throw up when I read this here. That Indiana's <laughs> right 13th. I, not a typo. They rank thirteenth, especially this year. IU wins and is top ten. I think rankings uh, this year are, especially for the Big Ten, are stupid. I know. I was just looking at this. Did you I, see the, Mac, the fact that Mac twelve are back this week? Yeah, the, fact, teams the are fact that you had like Penn State all of a sudden just ranked eighth before they played a freaking game when everybody else had played two, three games was well, any, any rank. Carolina is ranked fifteenth. Yeah, don't need that week. I would think we go Cincinnati's out. sixth or something Cincinnati's like that. A good friend. They're good, but still. It's, who's 25th yeah. right now? Troy or something like that? Or somebody <laughs> Liberty, who's like Liberty. Liberty. And, and they're 15 point underdogs averaging a 10. When's the last time there's been somebody ranked in their 15 point underdogs against an unranked team? <laughs> you're going to Clemson. Yeah. But, uh, who are you taking, Indiana or Michigan? Is Indiana going to beat Michigan for the first time since 1987? Absolutely not. <laughs> Dude, I'm scared. No freaking way I can say that IU is going to beat a ranked Michigan and get into the top 10. Michigan team that just lost to Michigan State. Yeah, well, I know. Who got I, I don't yeah. I don't like it, but I'm not, I don't, I really don't want to see that happen. So. I don't want to see it either, but I'm afraid it's going to. Yeah, I don't feel good. No, I don't feel good at all. They have, oh, no. I can't do it. I got to say. This is a pretty podcast. I'm going to say Michigan. <laughs> I'm scared of death. Oh my God! All all the candy stripers are gonna—they're not gonna know what to do with themselves. Their one team's thirteenth in the nation. Their other team's ranked fourth up in Notre Dame, so they're losing out on on top uh, uh, basketball players in the state. So now they're a football school, you know? Yeah, true. They're a football school now. They're they're forgetting about those dusty banners. So now they're now they're a football school. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Go blue. <laughs> Come on, Jim. You lose this one, you deserve to get canned. Was he wearing khakis this last game? I don't know. If so, that was the problem. Yeah. Speaking of the Spartans, good win for Mel Tucker. Congratulations, yeah. your first win, sir. Well, that was – I saw he, he was the first Michigan State coach worker. Again, there probably hasn't been a ton to to beat Michigan in his first season since uh, Nick Saban. Yep. You can't beat Purdue. I think uh, John L. Smith and – D'Antonio were like the only other two coaches between then because yeah, there hasn't been many. So Spartans travel to Iowa to face an 0-2 Hawkeye team. The Hawkeyes are six and a half point favorites. I'm picking Iowa just because I want them to win. <laughs> I'm picking Iowa too. Yeah. It was a, I mean, Iowa was up 14 points on Northwestern. Couldn't I had no up. idea. I thought they won, and I checked the score on Sunday, and I was like, oh, no, they lost. <laughs> well, they, and and – um. Iowa's best wide receiver, a Smith. Um, Marset or something. Marset is out. Or I presume he's out. He got charged with the OWI after the game huh. Saturday night. So I presume he's out. So that's not going to help Iowa's case. But I'm going with the Hawkeyes in a close one. Yeah. I say I don't think they cover. Andrew, pick. Iowa, but I think they cover. Okay. 
Nebraska coming off a bye week that they didn't want, even though they tried <laughs> to play a non-conference game. Big Ten vetoed that. Oh my stay in your God. lane, Nebraska. Stay in your lane. You've only been part of the conference for eight or nine years, and you're not. Oh lying. God, I love how I love them saying that that Wisconsin was ducking them <laughs> by canceling the game. Wisconsin doesn't want to play Nebraska. Idiots. Nebraska is seventeen and forty in the Big Ten Idiot. or something. They're an embarrassment to the conference. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Who's it? Who's it? Yeah, Paul Feinbaum, who went off on yeah, him? I, I don't agree with Paul Feinbaum. I don't like Paul Feinbaum, but man, go off. He was, yes. They traveled to Evanston to face two and a Wildcat team, and the Wildcats are four point favorites. I think it's definitely a bounce back here for Northwestern. I mean, I'll take, I'll take them. Yeah, they're healthy, and Pat, Pat, uh, Pat, Pat I always want to call him Patrick Ramsey. That <laughs> played for the Washington football team. Bad man. Peyton Ramsey. Um, he's been a difference maker for them, and I'm I'm going Northwestern to cover. Yep, yep, agreed. Maryland at Penn State. Maryland coming off a good overtime win for them. Uh, one flying right, <laughs> but uh, Penn State's zero <laughs> two, but they're twenty four favorites. I've got twenty five. Rounding up, yeah, uh, I've got twenty five as well. Who did Maryland lose? To? Who did they lose to last week? Oh no, they beat Minnesota. <laughs> Huh? Northwestern being by 40 week one, and they beat Minnesota by a point over time. <laughs> Big 10 in 2020, man. Uh, I, Penn State, I don't think they cover. Ooh. Penn State's covering. They're pissed off. They're yeah, they are. yeah, they're covering. They should yeah. be one and one right now. They're 0 2. Well, go down when you have to. Yeah, Penn State big. Battle of uh, 0 and 2 teams. Minnesota Golden Gophers, you hate to see it. At <laughs> Illinois, and the Golden Gophers are seven and a half point favorites. Minnesota by a, by a, I don't know, four, three touchdowns. Right? Yeah. You got to think so. If not, pull the plug out of the rowboat. It's going down <laughs> to the bottom. Minnesota's defense is trash, though. They're secondaries. So far, garbage. They got to figure that out. How's a, uh, what's Do you think, like? is this, How's is this uh, Fleck? Bateman didn't have a touchdown yet. This they no, scored forty four points last week, and he didn't score a touchdown. No. He's got one hundred and sixty three yards. That's like one game for David Bell. It's fun. Yeah. I know it. Rondell, you need wow. to get out there. Yeah. Um, your night game for the Big Tens. I didn't pick. Oh, sorry. Minnesota. <laughs> well, I'm really disappointed. There's no line for this one. <laughs> there is. I got, I got a line. I got a line. Oh, mine doesn't have a line. <laughs> yeah, Rutgers, who kind of came back down to earth this past week, even though they had a fantastic play that didn't count. They should have started it for the effort. That was awesome. <laughs> number three, Ohio State, which I think we can all agree they're head and shoulders better than the rest of the conference. Buckeyes are 37 point. <laughs> I've got 38. <laughs> what, 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 who cares? What's, what app are you using? ESPN app. Okay, I'm using the score. Come on, ESPN.com. It doesn't have a doesn't have a line for me. I'm trying to get that sponsorship from ESPN. Come on, man. I like it. I don't don't want that one. Uh, I'm going Buckeyes, but I don't see them covering 37. I think they do. I think they do. I don't know. They win by 35. That is so. That point makes a difference, huh? That 37 versus 38. Yep. I don't know. I think I think Ohio State wins by 50. I think think it's like I think it's like 52 to 10. No. Uh, before we get into the produce prediction, let's let's predict some top twenty-five games because those are always fun. Number I eleven. Anything. I haven't watched anything because I, I haven't cared. <laughs> That's what makes it even more fun. Number eleven, Miami, Florida at NC State Friday night. Okay, Miami. I did. I have watched a Miami game with my brother, and they did not impress me uh, <laughs> last weekend. I don't remember they played Virginia. Maybe. Yeah, two weekends ago they barely squeaked out one against Virginia. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. Virginia did beat North Carolina the last week. Well, I'm taking yeah, it pretty year. ugly. Yeah. Take Miami. Yeah. A really good late Friday night game. Number nine, BYU. They got a stud quarterback, but they haven't played anybody. Seven and oh, but they're at number 21, two and oh, Boise State. So I'm looking at the stats here and I'm just like, oh my God, the BYU quarterback has 19 touchdown right. passes yeah. in like in like two games. I was like, oh, wait, no, stats, but they play Texas State and like uh well, no, I was just Greenwood High School and a bunch of teams. So. I was imagining like the Big Ten's only like week three. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my God, how does he have 19 touchdown passes in two games? Well, I'm, thinking like seven games. <laughs> I'm thinking the Broncos. They don't lose on the Smurf turf very often. They are favorites. No, no, they're not. Sorry. BYU's favorite. Are they allowing fans? What's the status for that conference? No idea. Does it matter? There's only yeah, if they do, if they do, it's like 5,000. Like it's. 
Mm, I don't know. Denver, uh, Boise State, yeah. I'm going to go BYU to be different. We'll jump around here. We won't go over all of these, but uh, Arizona State at number 20, USC. Welcome back, Pac-12. You're finally having a season. Trojans are 11. Pac-12 after dark. It's at what, like, it's at like noon. 9 a.m. their time. <laughs> it is. Yeah. What's that typo? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's the Fox big game at noon. I heard, I, I think Pat McAfee or somebody was talking about this, like, yeah. last weekend, that when the Pac-12 starts playing, that they're going to have some 9 a.m. games. <laughs> Gosh, they're partying. Well, it's COVID era. I guess you can't really party. Well, you just and Cal- Cal- California is shut down. There's nothing going on. Arizona State's number one party school in the nation. So. Yeah. Oh, it's in, but the game's in LA. Yeah, I know. I'm taking the Trojans. Yeah. I know. Give me Herm. I don't know. Herm. I don't know anything about them. Teams. Hugh Freeze and his number 25 Liberty Flames. 15 point dogs at Virginia Tech. What's Liberty's mascot? It looks like the Flames. Eagles. What is it? Flames. It's but a bird. But their logo is a bird. Yeah. <laughs> if Josh was wrong earlier on the podcast, no, I, on. let's look it up. Let's look it up. They're out of Virginia, right? I don't know. Yes. He's wrong because I thought he. Uh, Sparky the Eagle. <laughs> That's their, that's their mascot. Uh, nickname, Liberty Flames. All right. All right. <laughs> right. Good. Good. But their mascot is Spark of the Eagle because that makes sense. They didn't want a flame as their mascot. <laughs> I could see that. Uh, give me Virginia Tech and the cover. I don't I think Virginia Tech, but I think they cover. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go opposite again. I'm going to pick Liberty because, because. Why not, right? Yeah. Do you see the line on this Marshall UMass game? I don't have one. <laughs> it's 45. <laughs> yeah, that's that. UMass is 0-1. Marshall's 5-0, and ranked 16th. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. Um, we are Marshall. Yeah. West Virginia at number 22, Texas. Texas coming off a big overtime win over Oklahoma State. West Virginia had a big win. Killed a ranked Kansas State team. Texas seven-point favorites. Hook them horns. Yep. Yeah. Houston at the number six Cincinnati Bearcats. 13 and a half point. Yeah, I got 13. Who was I listening to? I was listening to 1070 Fan and Indy this morning, and they brought up what uh, if Harbaugh, if they just have a disastrous season and he leaves or or does just well enough to get an NFL job, what do you think they would go after Luke Fickle? Michigan State tried. He turned him down. I think he would turn down Michigan in a heartbeat. <laughs> He's the, a state dude, but uh, yeah. I don't know, man. Michigan, uh, Michigan's a great job, but it's a lot of pressure too. Yeah, um, he's building something pretty nice there at Cincinnati. Yeah, I think Marcus Freeman will go get a job. Yeah, I think Luke Fugle can hold out until like James Franklin leaves or something and get like a yeah. job. Would that be any different than Michigan? That's also high high well, pressure. Well. You don't get ridiculed for losing to Ohio State every year. Yeah, and you're not going to your arch rival school. Yeah. I'm taking Cincinnati. Yeah. Yep. Kansas. <laughs> at number 19, Oklahoma. Uh, Kansas 0 6. West Miles times. Uh, <laughs> Oklahoma is 36 and a half point favorite. 38. Oh, my. I think God. they went by 45. Yeah. <laughs> It's ugly. Kansas is so bad. Like it's basketball season there. It's it's terrible. It's always basketball season there. Do you got do you know who they lost to this year? Uh they lost to Coast they lost Coast to Carolina, Carolina, Baylor, Baylor, Oklahoma. State, by, uh, yeah, West Virginia. West Virginia, Kansas State. They're not gonna win a game, are they? They've gotten blown out by everybody. No, they're not gonna win a game. They go Oklahoma, Texas, TCU, Texas Tech is all that's left. Maybe Texas Tech, maybe. So this next one's interesting. The world's largest cocktail party is what they call this game. You got number eight Florida, number five. Didn't they, Florida. That? Didn't they change like the official wording of it for to be PC or something like that? I don't Still know. calling it that. Georgia four point favorites. We don't know who's going to play for Florida because half their team could be suspended because they got in a brawl against Missouri. <laughs> their coach is going nuts. Dan Mullen keeps saying really stupid things, and he. 
fired up the crowd, went in the tunnel, came back, fired them up again. He, I think the guy's going insane. I think Georgia pounds them. I think Georgia, yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll do uh, we'll do three more here. Um, number seven, Texas A and M at South Carolina. A and M is an eight and a half point favorite. I know nothing, so yeah, I'm gonna go with A and M. They've played good ball, except against Alabama this year. But that a lot of teams. Who's their coach? Jimbo Fisher getting paid hundred million dollars. Hundred million dollar man. Yep. Give me West Must Champ in the game Cox in the upset. Okay. Wow. He's got to do something. He's, he's on the hot seat. He's got to do something. I am surprised by the – I'm assuming you're getting to this game here in a second, Tan. You just keep going. Stanford at number 12, Oregon. Oregon's 10.5-point favorites. Oregon. Yeah, I think Mario uh, Cristobal's got a good team out there this year. David Shaw should have left for the NFL a long time ago, and now he's lost <laughs> a chance. The game day, game of the week this week, number one Clemson without Trevor Lawrence at number four Notre Dame. The line is down to six. It was at six and a half earlier today. I've got five and a half. Ooh. I totally forgot. What's what's their what's the ACC's stance with? It's um, ten days, but I, I, I he must be sick. I mean, yeah. I must be showing some more. I don't know. It was weird because they thought he could play. They thought he could be good by Friday or next Saturday, and then after the game, Dabo came out Saturday after their close win against Boston College, said he's he's not playing. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Their their freshman looked all right against Boston College. He put up good stats. Um, it'll be interesting. This is a really good run offense in Notre Dame against an extremely good run defense in Clemson. Mm-hmm. The winners got the driver's seat in the ACC. We could see a potential rematch in the ACC championship. Yeah. Can you imagine how miserable Saturday will be if Notre Dame and IU win? Yes, I can. I've already thought about it. <laughs> awful. Um, yeah. If Notre Dame wins and runs the table, beats North Carolina, runs the table, gets the ACC championship game, Clemson runs the table, gets there with Trevor Lawrence, and Clemson beats them, then we're in a weird predicament where do two one-loss ACC programs get in the playoff? I think you'd see unless – I mean, it'd be hard to keep Ohio State out, but it'd be, I could very well see two ACC, two SEC. Uh, I, I don't know. Ohio the, State would be mad, especially if they played. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. It'd be, it, it, if Ohio State runs the table, I, you, you can't yeah. keep them out. But if they slip up against right. somebody. Who would they slip up against? I, they slipped yeah. up against us. So. I, I don't think you can take a undefeated Pac-12 team against a one-loss Notre Dame team who lost to Clemson. No. No. Unfortunately. No. I think Notre Dame wins, to be honest with you. I think they're going to win. I don't like it. I would rather. I don't like it. I think I would rather Notre Dame beat Clemson without Trevor Lawrence than IU beat Michigan. I would 100 percent agree. I hate them both, and I hate that we're getting to that point because before I wouldn't care. I don't know, guys. Like, at least I just, I, I, don't have to hear it so no. much. Oh, okay, yeah, we don't. Yeah, oh, no, yeah, seriously, I don't. I don't know many Notre Dame fans. Uh, unfortunately. I just hope Clemson kills. Him. I think Clemson by single digits, though. I think it's close. I, I'm kind of with I, Webby. I, yeah. I, 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 last time Notre Dame's won a big game, like a big, like a Clemson, Alabama, like it's been a long time. Yeah. I don't know. It's. I mean, they ha- they have some fans there, so that could help. Um, I just think yeah, just the the travel. I mean, I guess they get a well. How soon was he ruled out for this last game? Did he get did the kid get a full week of reps with the ones or they said they've been splitting reps and practice all year long just in case. Okay. Which is smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there was that one picture like when they started practicing, like Trevor Lawrence has his own freaking field to himself. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he can do whatever yeah. he wants. Yeah. Um, I yeah, I just think without him, I, I don't feel confident with Clemson. No, I'm probably not going to watch a second of it, but just because I'll be afraid to. I'm disappointed, even though I think it's really cool that game day is going to be at Augusta next Saturday. I think I think that's cool with the Masters week and all. But I'm also disappointed because we win, Northwestern wins, 
I'm to feed a match under the lights next week. This is such an underwhelming, just at face value. Purdue Northwestern game day, God, that'd be at face value. That's just so funny. I was I was thinking about that. So if you said if Purdue and Northwestern win, there are four – okay, I guess not, not counting Wisconsin because they're 1-0, but there's four undefeated teams in the Big Ten right now. Purdue, IU, Ohio State, Northwestern. It's like three of those teams don't belong. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Ohio State, Northwestern, <laughs> Indiana. <laughs> so, uh, there was some tweet I saw that was uh, the only remaining undefeated teams in the Big Ten are the ones who are closest to Indianapolis. Should there be a bubble? It's uh, Kevin Warren's been playing this the whole, the whole time. He was there in person at the Purdue game. He should have fired the refs at halftime. Why was he there? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, you're not too far from Chicago where the headquarters are. So, <clears throat> but uh, the the game next week against Northwestern, not getting too far ahead of ourselves, is at night, seven thirty, Big Ten Network. That's three of the last four years we've had night games against Northwestern. So kind of cool. Yeah, uh, yeah that's right. Safe. Wisconsin can't play this weekend, and they can't play next week against Michigan. The Wisconsin-Michigan game next week, 7.30 ABC. I wonder if Purdue-Northwestern gets switched from Big Ten Network to ABC. Hmm. I don't know. They they switched the um, they switched the uh, Rutgers-Indiana game from Big Ten Network to Fox Sports 1. Yeah. That's not cabled uh, national. I, I don't know. I, yeah. I think it would be hard to pull – Especially those two programs, regardless of where the records are at, that's it, a those are. I, mean, I don't know if the, I didn't know if there's some con, a contract. Oh, contract. Okay, yeah, with the conference. And, so yeah. ABC's not going to go out Saturday yeah. without a Saturday night game. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting. Maybe the nation just wants to see David Bell. Maybe Rondell Moore. Maybe, maybe Rondell makes. Ooh, maybe that's how they get Rondell to uh, come back. His. Coming out party, national TV night game. They have a pretty good national TV night game against Northwestern in his first game in Purdue. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Maybe, yeah. maybe the stars are lining up. So. But that means that would mean that Purdue doesn't play it this week. Yeah, I don't want that. Or, yeah. I don't want that at all. So, Before we get into our last segment of the show, uh, Webb's Family Pharmacy is an independently owned community pharmacy with stores located in Rochester, Akron, and North Manchester, Indiana. Webbs is happy to announce that they are providing flu shots by appointment right in your car. Simply call to set an appointment and their friendly and caring staff will be happy to help you. For all of your high quality medical equipment, supplies, and pharmacy services, check out www.webrx.com or give them a call. Webbs Family Pharmacy, the professional pharmacy with home down touch. Boiler owned. All right, who wants to take over this car? <laughs> And you started out. Well, we, we kind of hinted last Monday. Where was the last Monday we recorded? Last Sunday? Uh, Sunday? Sunday. Whenever, whenever yeah. our last episode was that we were hoping Purdue was going to get some good news on the basketball recruiting front. And as the week progressed, we got more signs that might be coming. And then Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern time, we got the good news that four-star forward, uh, number one ranked player in Indiana, Trey Depending Conner. on the site you look at. What? Depending number on the one you look or at. number two. Yeah, yeah number yeah. one or number two. Trey Kaufman has decided got them both, so. to join the <laughs> Purdue basketball recruiting class of 2021, joining Caleb first, who is also number one or number two, depending on what site you follow. So uh, Matt Pater strikes gold on one and two, and Archie strikes out on both. Um, very excited about this. Evan, I know you were saying really from the get-go, you kind of wanted Kaufman over first. Yeah. We got them both. Yeah, it's uh back when I mean it really is but even year. before March, it were yeah, March when when year. first when first committed, it was uh <clears throat> yeah, they're both kind of very similar positions. I mean, obviously I think you could see Kaufman had probably more of a little of more chances of becoming more of like a stretch four compared to first, who was just definitely a back to the basket kind of kid. But uh I, I liked I like Kaufman just because of his versatility. Um he was at the time, I think first was in the 30s and Kaufman was well down in the 80s. And then um, Kaufman had a hell of a had a hell of a summer um, when the pandemic hit. And he just went to work. And I mean, even with his limited uh, summer with AAU, he 
you know, absolutely dominated. And even when you had the whole battle of the brands between Indiana elite with Kaufman and a few other high caliber kids against Indy, Indy heat with first and like Wesley and a few other Luke goody uh, who's going to Illinois. And I mean, Indiana elite just dominated them. I know first didn't really get much, didn't, didn't get a whole lot of looks um, as AAU doesn't really fit his game. Um, but I mean, Indiana elite dominated. And uh, I mean, Coughlin just soared up in the rankings on all sorts of sites, and he really kind of expanded his game, which I think really ended up. If you listen to you know Brian Huber of Golden Black, he definitely talked about how definitely the summer allowed probably because it probably allowed Painter to reevaluate kind of how they were going to look at both, and probably what prompted him to be able to allow him to or allowed him to keep going after him and kind of. Um, Reference the whole, you know, Vince Edwards, you know, Biggie, when we had them, they both probably were more of a four. They both probably came to play a four, but given the circumstances, you know, Vince playing the three, Biggie playing the four, or even Biggie playing the five, Vince playing the four, it really worked out. We won a, a lot of games with it, and hopefully we can do the same with both of these guys. I mean, it's it's kind of like when Swanigan committed to Purdue. I mean, most like Michigan State, other schools wanted Biggie as a five, and he yeah. knew that getting to the, the NBA, he's not going to be a center in the NBA. Right. He wanted to go somewhere, so that's why going to Purdue had Isaac Haas, AJ Hammonds. He was not going to be a five. But and we ended up playing. Thing but with, we ended up playing. We ended up yeah. being the best when he was the five, which is the fun exactly. Thing, but but yeah. it's yeah, the same thing. Yeah. But now it's with Kaufman, mm-hmm. who can play three, four, five. First, who's more, yeah. uh, probably more a four or a five. Yeah. Can't really step out to the three, but Kaufman expanding this summer and being more athletic, becoming a better shooter, a little more of a mm-hmm. – I'm not sure he's a great ball handler, but I'm sure he's a yeah. pretty good ball handler for being six nine or something. Yeah, but. I mean, the comparison gets thrown around a lot, and I mean, you can see it as Vince Edwards. And I think Vince was definitely this this point in, in his career, you know, as a junior coming out of high school, he was – um, much more polished with his guard skills and he's shooting probably than Kaufman is. Well, I guess he's going to be a, yeah, he's a senior he's now. A senior, That's right. Yeah. Start a senior season. Yeah. He's um, only a year away from being, for playing with Purdue. Webby. I know. I know. I'm just saying coming out of his junior year. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, it was a wild ride that whole last week was, was a very he, odd. Yeah. Odd couple days. Yeah. You want to yeah. touch on that Webby? I mean, it was a whole. I mean, if you follow Golden Black, there was a on the message boards. People, he was set to announce what on Friday, Friday night Friday at Jefferson. PM. Yeah, Jefferson High School. He's got a. He was going to do a radio show with his uh, childhood friend, which is pretty cool. That's pretty that cool. That studio, thing to do. It's sick. By the way, they got the high school. That's cool I didn't see the video. I just on, listened, on I listened to it. Yeah, mm-hmm. people were asking because he goes to Seller or he goes to Silver Creek in Salisbury, and apparently people were saying that everybody in the area goes to jeffersonville for the because just because the studio is incredible um he was going to do an announcement do a video the whole thing you I mean you see kids do nowadays but it was i think it was thursday night from what i saw on the boards talk about luck i saw a guy who uh because there was a link that was you could listen to um and he had sent it to his son and his son, just to see if the link worked, opened it up, opened up the link, and happened to be right. You could hear Kaufman and his friend talking about how he was committing to Purdue, and they literally did the whole entire show, I think. And so that got leaked out, and it was just a whole, like, is this real? Is this some sort of joke? If it was a prank, kudos. That's a, that's one hell of a prank, if it was true. But it made sense, thinking about it, like why they would pre-record it. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, especially because I think someone brought up, like, it. He was supposed to do Friday night at 6 p.m. You're not going to go back into the high school after school hours and do that. No, but even that, but like, I mean, local high school football that's going around, that's like, that, that's probably doing You're probably using the studio for that. Yeah, um, true. There's the whole thing, especially the fact that he wasn't going to a certain school. You know, people were probably going to camp out. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And that would have been speaking of <laughs> Speaking of, did you see all the pictures of like the people in Lines and stuff? Like yeah. begging, like the signs around town, like begging him to commit to yeah. IU. You know, it's beautiful. Pa- Painter is something <laughs> Purdue never does. Go right no. in the IU's backyard of Southern Indiana and get somebody. I mean, not only them, but it was you know them, Louisville and Kentucky. Like which, it was all for that. Whatever reason, Louisville was out to begin with. I don't know yeah. what happened there, but did wasn't there a rumor that Kaufman in that interview that wasn't supposed to be live Thursday that <laughs> he said that IU was out like a year ago? There was That's a rumor. A it, yeah. it wasn't on the YouTube one. At least he talked about each program, what they meant and everything. And when it, when Purdue came up, it pretty much said they have the style that fits him the best. Yeah. So it's gonna be, I mean, it, he had every reason to go 
to Indiana. I mean, it was closer home. You know, they recruited him probably the hardest, probably out of anybody. Um, and probably- I would, I would say that also, like he's kind of could be like a clone of like a Trace Jackson Davis. So I, th- I think they're very different. But, but Trace they, won't he, be there next year. No, he no, won't. That's but what he, I mean. He, he, he would step, step into right that role in immediately. That role, yeah, he's probably gonna get because that was one thing he kept talking about. He, was, he wanted immediate playing time, which I mean, at Purdue, it's not guaranteed because you know we've got a year to see what you know again what Aaron Wheeler can do, what Mason Gills can do at the four. Um, so it's not nothing's guaranteed. Whereas if he went there, I mean, if Trace is going to the NBA. He'll probably be a potential lottery pick. Um, he's on a lot of uh, Player of the Year watch list, so he's probably gone. You know, barring an injury or anything like that. So I mean, it, it was primed for him to step in right away. But yeah, I think he, I think he, I think for him, you hear it a lot with recruits, but it doesn't really follow through. As they talk about best fit, they don't always go to the best fit school, and this one did, and it worked out. Yep. More times than not, it seems like Purdue comes up on the short end of a player yeah. that recruited the hardest the whole time, and this time mm-hmm. it paid off. And it's just great to see that they've built a great class in 2021. And everybody, barring any injury or injury, losing mm-hmm. somebody to injury or losing somebody to transfer or something, we should have this whole roster back next year, in addition to Caleb First and Trey Kaufman. Hard not to get, it's hard not to look ahead to 2021 yeah. 22 and get very excited which, for what could be potentially top to bottom about the most talented Purdue roster we've ever seen. But do you think, do you think there'll be other teams that do you think college basketball is just going to be stupid deep next year, just because of this free (laughs) kind of year? You get guys that should be, that aren't, they're not, they're really good college players. Like, like an Isaac Haas who really uh, good college player doesn't like has a chance in the NBA, but really wasn't like, he's going to be undrafted. I'm thinking thinking of, Oh God, what's uh, the guard for Iowa. Uh, Shooter, Bohannon or um, Bohannon. I mean, like if he if he's not on any draft boards, if he comes back, you know, he could be one of those guys who comes back and just again just lights it up. And I mean, I would love to have Dakota Mathias back for another year. Absolutely. (laughs) I mean, we could see a lot of that. I think we might. I think we might be surprised how many kids just decide to graduate when they were supposed to. Anyway. Yeah. They yeah. Oh yeah. Help with all the scholarship numbers because yeah. it's going to be a headache for. It's not going to get played out for another four years till everything's no. back on track. Hope, hopefully. And then if you throw in the fact that this whole you know one time waiver recruit or transfer oh, thing happens, it's going to be just. I mean, yeah. I know, like even Painter's talking about, he'll probably oversign or you know look yeah. to. Well, like because because like what you just listed. Okay, so Wheeler, Gillis, first Kaufman. Yeah, Williams. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just thinking guys that would play four, like could yeah, play the four. the four. I mean, Williams yeah. is gonna play the. He can't play the four. I mean, he's gonna be the five. But those guys right there. At you the throw four. him an Edie in there. I mean, you never know. I that'd be a bad idea. Yeah. But but it's that'd be wild. But I mean, just of that, like, there's someone's not gonna want to play or want to sit there. Maybe yeah. not. I don't know. Or it's not gonna work out, and someone's gonna choose to do something else. It is gonna be wild. But uh, we're only 23 days away from Boilermaker basketball, but we don't know the freaking. <laughs> or the Big Ten, we don't know anything about the Big Ten schedule. We, we did get crazy. The, they, did, they did announce the uh, Big Ten ACC matchups. That's true. This last week, and uh, taking our towns to South Beach. Yay! That <laughs> is fine. I mean, we haven't yeah. played there yet. But we have played against them, and I know yeah. when you do this challenge enough for so many years, you're going to play against the teams. Games, yeah. I like new, fresh. Matchups. I want to play them. And who are you hoping for? I thought that'd be neat. Yeah, just somebody like that. We're actually, if the crossroads wasn't going to happen, I wanted to, I wanted Notre Dame and Mackey, but I knew that wasn't going to happen. Or even up that Notre Dame, that would've been cool. But I think the crossroads is going to happen. I think, I think it's going to be the last year. So, unfortunately, I don't think we'll have fans, but (laughs) it'll be the last year. So, but uh, who do we have in that this year? Is it? Notre Dame. Notre Dame, yeah. Yep. That's right. Yep. So. And the only recurring sponsor of the Boiler Breakdown podcast is Shroff Landscaping Nurseries. Shroff Landscaping has been in business for over 50 years and can handle all of your landscaping needs, including landscape design, maintenance, irrigation, hardscaping, fall cleanup, and they are licensed lawn applicators. Contact them today for all of your landscaping needs at 574 223 Six nine Shroff Landscaping Design with you in mind. All right, fellas, any closing thoughts before we wrap this episode up? The hell of a weekend. 
Besides your Friday's bears. Commitment. What? Besides your bears. <laughs> 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 or your White Sox hiring LaRusso, but Renteria is up for manager of the year in the AL and they freaking <laughs> fired him. <laughs> they, they even tweeted about it. How embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Which it, honestly, that was expected. It was like people, especially like these people I follow um, that are pretty avid fans. They were talking about how it was probably going to be, uh, he was kind of a placeholder until they got who they wanted with, but I don't, oh my God. Yeah, I heard someone on the radio today. It was like they're asking if uh, Tony LaRusso would have pulled Snell in the World Series. And he goes, well, his first question was, wait, can you say that again? Can you speak up? Because <laughs> he's like 800 years old. They're living in 1980, so it's all good. I think, honestly, it's it's because uh, the Sox fired him in the 80s. Uh, Hawk Harrelson fired when he was the GM, and I think this is just uh, Jerry Reinsdorf's way of apologizing to him for some stupid reason. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the Bears don't have an offensive line and they don't have a quarterback. Kind of a problem. <laughs> a little bit. Good for Drew Brees yesterday, but yeah. he did not look great. He it's gonna be his last year. Yeah, yeah. He he was getting looked, hit though. He, he was getting hit. Fine. What was wrong? He was, with he was getting hit. He wasn't making some. He has no, but none of his wide receivers. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. He was getting hit too. They were Thomas a loser. Michael Thomas, yeah, loser. Sanders will be back next week. Yeah, but yeah, great weekend for Purdue basketball and football. Like, hopefully, we keep the momentum rolling. Hopefully, we get a game up at Camp Randall this weekend. We can finally end that horrible losing streak <laughs> that dates back to 2003 against the Badgers and uh, and get this thing. Uh, I'm in trouble. Honestly, yeah. Um, <laughs> Harry Webb says there's nothing wrong with being old. That's true. I wasn't. I wasn't. Wasn't saying anything with that. So, hey, hopefully he works out for the White Sox. <laughs> I hope so too. Oh. For like two years before he, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Is a head scratch but uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully we go up and beat these Badgers because I am. I am so sick of losing to them. Assuming right. we have a game. I we thought two years ago was the year. year. It should have been the year. Two years ago. Let's boiler up, hammer down, and beat the Badgers if there's a game. Yes, sir.